welcome back to a second episode of Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent, Trent Reznor. Reznor. I'm your host, Shia Carey. And I'm Claire Dickerson. Who is a host as well. We are both yeah. hosts. <laughs> Wait, we are both hosts of this I? podcast. Who am I? Where am I? One more time. One more time. <laughs> I'm your host, Shia Carey. And I'm Claire Danes. Wait, fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right, Whatever. To, Scratch it. We, we don't have time for this. <laughs> so, so um, I was very pleasantly surprised at the response we got to our first episode where yes. we, we were just talking about this completely mediocre release <laughs> from, from an amazingly talented musician. Um, and yeah, they, they went with Down In It as, as the lead-in to uh, the album we're going to talk about today. Pretty which hate is pretty machine. hate machine. So stay tuned for that. We're very excited. Stay with us. First thing, I want, want to get a few things out of the way. Um, right off the top, if you were expecting Trent Reznor to be here um, on this podcast with us, that's not. You're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. And so I don't know. This was on Reddit. Somebody mentioned. Oh yeah, I put it. I posted about this on Reddit, and it was kind of my fault because it was like 8 a.m. and I was like. New Nine Inch Nails podcast, and somebody was like, "This isn't even by Trent Reznor," and I was like, "I, why?" It didn't help also that our graphics team managed to create a very convincing Photoshop of of us standing next to Trent Reznor. Yeah, it looks almost like you can't even tell that it's not even him with us. It's it's like historical revisionism almost. It's gorgeous. It's it's scary. Whoever did that is has a a career in design. Anyway. Um, so Trent will not be joining us today, or <laughs> Probably ever, ever, ever. I mean, ever. I'm sure he lives in LA, but doesn't know. I mean, he's got like a house in LA. He's probably off the grid. Who knows? Anyway, I don't know. He's such an know. old guy, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today: the uh, the earliest beginnings of his musical career. Last time we talked a little bit about his his uh, his childhood. He his parents split up. When he was very young, he went to live with his grandparents, studied classical piano and jazz, was in high school drama, yada, 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 yeah, yada, yeah, yada, 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 all this. Yeah. Um, but now we're at this transitional period where he, he decided to make the big move from his little hometown of Mercer, Pennsylvania to the big city, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I think he was about 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. And he's worked as a custodian at Right Track Records. Yeah. And um, he... Right Track Studio. Uh, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Fact check. <laughs> Um, and he he landed some studio time because yep. uh, he was making the right connections. People saw his his little performances in his side groups. He appeared in a movie as like a fake band. Um, I'll look up the details on that later. But um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this, do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about the production history of Pretty Hate Machine? I think you have a little. Yeah. Right. So he when he was with Right Track Studio as a custodian, he was um, recording the demo of Purest Feeling which thankfully is not a halo, so we don't have to get in. I mean, we could, but I would prefer not to. Um, so he he recorded Pierce Feeling, his demo, and he sent it out. Um, I don't have the name of the fellow at Right Track Studio who helped him with that. But then afterwards, he recorded Around the World with Flood, Keith LeBlanc, Adrian Sherwood, and John Fryer, which were some of his influences we're gonna so drop a bunch exciting. more names this episode to placate the super fans because like claire and i are pretty knowledgeable and very passionate mm-hmm. about trent reznor but of course like this podcast is for everybody so that's from the the trent beginner to the trent total expert so we mm-hmm. want to have something in there for everybody so yeah we're going to try to go as as deep as we can without sacrificing the the general enjoyment 
yep. of his music. Because, so, I mean, it's like jazz. Yeah. It's like jazz. Wait, what? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, a couple little factoids, too. When, after the album came out and he toured for it, he was touring with the bands Skinny Puppy, Jesus and the Mary Chain, and also Peter Murphy of Bauhaus. Right. All and, major um, influences in Yeah. Music. Yeah. Huge. And some very different sounding artists. I would be very surprised. To, um, but then... Sorry, I stopped it's mid-sentence. Okay. It doesn't yeah, matter. Is... So Richard Patrick of Filter also played in the band with him. Oh, There's yes. a lot of like really... One of my favorite things about Nine Inch Nails is that there are a lot of really amazing artists in his touring bands that also... Also Richard Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> my least... <Sixth> burn. <laughs> also, I see what you're saying. Anyway, um, so I'll get excited about that. Um, and they began their uh, whole covering themselves and cornstarch thing for the shows, which is something I don't quite understand, and I didn't look it up, so... It's, it's gritty, babe. It, I mean, I get it, but... It's, it's real. Um, so then, and tributes to Pretty Hate Machine over the years. Um, the String Quartet tribute band did one of the album Pretty Hate Machine, and then later on, somebody made Pretty Hate Machine, which was like 8-bit... Like oh. video game sounds, what? yeah, Dude. yeah. Do okay. you know about that? Yeah, throw, I just found out that, about it today too. Throw that up on the blog. Yeah, I'll throw it up on the blog. Trendtalkpod.com. <laughs> um, uh, in 2010, the album was remastered, and the current designer and photographer Rob Sheridan kept some of the original art, but changed it a little bit to make it because the original art is sideways, and he didn't really like it. Um, so yeah. Good stuff. Let's get into it. Let's start. Yeah, that was an amazing book report. Um, yeah. Here, I'm just, I'm going to, so Claire did a lot of research on this one, and I'm I'm just going to show that I'm also trying. Um, <laughs> here's something I recorded as like a little interstitial. Uh, here we go. And welcome back. Yeah. See, so I'm so helping, I'm helping a little bit That's what Shia's been up to. I feel like if we're going to try to produce this thing like a, like a podcast, it would help to have some of the conventions hey, of podcasting. Hey, do what you gotta do. And yeah, so we can drop that in if we gotta like do a, do a hard cut. Yeah. Or like go to an ad. An ad, yeah. Uh, wanna, want us to advertise your shit? You got money. We'll do anything for you. Yeah, sorry, I'm hitting my moleskin and that probably sounds terrible on oh, recording. Oh, so we were doing Nervous an early... We were doing an early history of mm-hmm. industrial electronic music, mm-hmm. which um, I actually got a little, I, I bought a little book about it, um, which is mostly just talking about heavy metal, and then it has like a chapter about industrial music. Um, and it has a ton of really great interviews that were like pulled from magazines and stuff at the time. Um, and uh, what's interesting is how, how Trent sort of came along right as industrial music was figuring out what exactly it was. Because there was, uh, I guess, the founding father of industrial music is, is England's Killing Joke, um, which is it's like a it's a gritty, hard and indus- like rock like it's it's rock, but it has like these like uh, relentless drum machine beats and then like sort of cycling. It's got like electronic elements behind it and then heavily distorted vocals. So that was a major influence on all these artists like um, KMFDM. Mm-hmm. which originated in West Germany in 1984. Skinny Puppy, as we already mentioned, mm-hmm. from Canada, Vancouver. Canada. Yeah, That's Vancouver. not even a Canadian accent. I don't know why I said it that way. It's okay, babe. Go on. Um, and then Ministry, who sort of had like a, a an almost incestuous early beginnings with Trent Reznor, right? Like he mm-hmm. recorded some stuff with them, was also going to their shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, Trent Reznor shows up 
Well, and a lot of these bands, especially KMFDM, are sort of like hard for the mainstream to approach. This is like some really intense, like gothy S and M shit. Um, and then, and Trent, <laughs> like as as hardcore as Trent is himself, he he has these sort of these these poppy instincts that sort of allow him to make all this alternative stuff a little bit more digestible. You know, he sort of he becomes the face of industrial music because he, just the, the right time. And then the right building blocks. He, yeah, it's, he, he was the messiah of industrial music. Or, uh, I don't know, do, do people think Trent's a sellout? I have no idea. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I I'd really like don't to know. Because I mean, I mean sure maybe. There's, there's, there's purists of every genre that say, like, oh, this guy succeeded. Fuck him. You know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'll just read a couple excerpts from uh, this book I got called Louder Than Hell History of Industrial Rock. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, they talk about. How um, a lot of these bands were hugely inspired by Killing Joke, uh, playing crushing, repetitive riffs accompanied by a pummeling drum machine, and a hardcore phase, and a mid-paced staccato thrash sound propelled by serrated riffs and sing-along choruses. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like that's a good enough lead-in to uh, actually get into some music here. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because if you want to talk about sing-along choruses, there's (laughs) no... Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails song, quite like Head Like a Hole. Mm-hmm. Ugh, man, this brings me back. To when? To the first time I heard this. <laughs> I think I actually discovered Pretty Hate Machine after, like, like I got my hands on Denver Spiral and Fragile, and then sort of stepped back into Pretty Hate Machine. And that, I think, really deepened my appreciation of Trent. It's like, holy fuck. Really, so stripped down compared to his other music. Like it mm-hmm. has these layers to it, but it's very raw. So you want to go through our notes about head like a hole? Yeah. My first note is absolutely amazing and timeless. So, <laughs> so that was the little fanboy in me just getting excited. Uh, yeah, here, let me. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. turn it down a little bit yeah. so we can discuss. Um, I didn't write this down, but. This is easily one of the songs I never want to hear again. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. He ends every show with it. Yeah. It's just like, it's, I don't know. It's not a bad song. So you saw Trent live how long ago? The last time I saw him live was in 2014. Okay. And before that, 2009. I saw him in the Lights in the Sky tour. I think 2009, right? That would have been 2008, And that was mind blowing. That would have been amazing. Also, that I might think, have even been 2007. I think this song did not appear there. But uh, for those what? of you just joining us in the Trentiverse, uh-huh. this is... Yeah, everybody, I mean, you've a, heard this song. You have to have heard this song. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's got It's a the, strong first song in the album. I give it that. It's a good way to, to kick off. An album. I mean, yeah, it leads in with like all these little provocative drum beats, like getting you all amped, like what's about to go. And yeah. then, yeah, it's got that sing along chorus, bow down before the one you serve. You're yeah. gonna get what you deserve. I'd like a hole. Black yeah. your soul. I'm not 100% sure what he's even talking about. It's, it's a little unclear. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this album is like vague outrage against authority. God. But also, it's. Lots of yeah, God. Lots, oh, yeah. There's, lots of there's God. There's a ton of religious themes in here, which I think was really typical for early industrial music, like Ministry, uh-huh. KMFDM. They're all, uh-huh. They all were like. They all had beef with Jesus. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, what's interesting is that he's, it's, I don't know, again, it's industrial music trying to figure out what the hell it is. It's got like almost hip hop samples with like those like almost record scratch like chorus vocals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, and yeah, it's got this sing along chorus. Unforgettable. Yeah. Unforgettable. Yeah, it's unforgettable. And uh, you wish you could. And I wish I could. It's fine. It's a fine song. I'm just sick of it. You know. Okay, no, I understand. Yeah. I get where, get where you're coming from. Yeah. So what I'm curious about, did you research the production on this? Like, what instruments, if any, were not synthesizer? I think this was pretty much composed entirely on the keyboard. Yeah, I did not research that about any of these songs. In fact, so I only researched the production of the album. Before. We'll get there, guys. <laughs> we'll get there. And uh, this is another one of the points where I don't know what Trent is saying. Um... Got money, let's go dancing on the backs of the fool. <laughs> on the backs of the fools. Bruised, um, right? Backs of the bruised. Oh, go ahead. Of, no, backs of the bruised is great. Uh-huh. That makes a lot more sense. Uh-huh. Like, I never knew what it was <laughs> like, until I was listening to it for this podcast. On the backs of the And give you control. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's also a very generous five minutes. Yeah. So, it's uh, definitely a, it's an opening salvo to the... The revolutionary Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah. Which is a great name for an album. Probably my favorite album name that he has. Hmm. I just love it. I love I love it. One thing I'm gonna mention here, probably gonna bring it up again later, is uh, he's he plays a lot on this album with sort of like his sexuality, or at least like, you know, sort of sexually charged lyricism. You mm-hmm. know, bow down for the one you serve, you're gonna get what you deserve. Um, all very S and Emmy. And it's like so this is sort of the beginning of that but also it's like it, it changes a lot because by the time he gets to downward spiral he still has this mm-hmm. but it, it changes a little bit like and it's I don't know I think he goes he shifts a little bit from being a sub to a dom I feel like <laughs> in, in the course of his music yeah maybe right? yeah I can yeah, see that yeah yeah because okay. I mean there's a lot of really weepy ballads in here about girls that broke his heart yeah and how he's not in control and people are taking things away from him mm-hmm. but then yeah and, and later in his later releases which we'll get to it seems like he's he's sort of adopts more of a machismo oh sorry we're all out of time <laughs> no more head like a hole it's over even though i did have a how much angst oh my god you have a how much angst <laughs> hey guys it's time to play how much angst <laughs> there how much angst was trent reznor feeling when he recorded head so like a hole? when he recorded head like a hole he was feeling the amount of angst that a young man rebelling against the idea of conforming to society would feel Rebelling, in fact, against the very grocery store shelves that he stocked after school. <laughs> very well done. It was like that was kind of like a novella. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel you. I, yeah. I, I've I, been there. I, I wrote a couple zingers down. I might as well drop one in now. Um, how much angst was Trent Reznor feeling when he recorded "Head Like a Hole"? Um, he was feeling as much angst as a. Uh, Someone who just found out they are no longer the cutest Hot Topic cashier. <laughs> hot Topic wasn't even a thing. Well, maybe. Oh, that's true. How, oh. how late? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how old Hot Topic is. I don't it, think. No. It only became relevant to me in like 2000. So I guess you win this round. I do win this round. Yeah. Because everybody worked at a grocery, grocery store. Stores, yeah. I mean, yeah. Trent probably narrowly dodged that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? If he didn't work as a janitor, who knows? Yeah. All right. Terrible lie. Let's go. Terrible lie. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
Performed live, but for some reason obscured in the album. So I've always found that interesting. What I like is how the first time he says, "I think you owe me a great big apology." Yeah. It sounds um, almost exactly like Weird Al. <laughs> great big apology. Yeah. Um, also, I think just the the drum beat here is very strippy. Yeah. I feel like there could be a very provocative strip to for this song. Very strippy. Very strippy. Alright, well, maybe we'll include that on the blog, too. Let's see how much more tequila I can get him to try before he'll do a strip tease to terrible life. Hey, I mean, I'm not above it. Um, I'm down in. Not yet. <laughs> do we have to talk about that song again? I mean, for two and a half minutes. Uh, the album version is. Jesus fuck. Okay. Um... Something I thought interesting about this song is it seems like it's geared towards either God or just like authority. But then this part right here, don't take it away from me, I need you to hold on to. It's interesting. Is he biting the hand that feeds? So, I mean, I think that's, that's, sort, of, that's sort of a, a central paradox to the, the Reznor Ovur yeah. is that he, he, he loves that which oppresses him. You know, like that which mm-hmm. hurts him, he adores. He can't do yeah. it. So it's like, yeah. It's, I mean, that's kind of like uh, when, he, when he lapses into heroin addiction, like, fucking A, man. Yeah, you love that. it and it destroys you. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of the way he looked at religion, I think, too. Yeah. Maybe not even necessarily religion, but just like the idea of authority, authority a higher power, something, somebody like power? a puppet oh, master. Oh, hang on, an absent father. Oh, ah, his dad left. might be I think his dad owes him a great big apology. <laughs> I think so. His promises are lies. There's a lot of lies on this album. Oh, so many it, lies. It would, be, it would be a pretty fun drinking game, I feel, if we took a swig yeah. of our uh, tequila screwdriver. Every time he says lies or being on his hands and knees. Oh, God. Yeah. Which, like, this song doesn't count. We'll die if we can. Oh, here's an interesting fact. I did a bit of research earlier. And um, when he was referencing how he's on his hands and knees, that's actually just um, like the recording studio at Right Track was actually designed for little people. So he actually had to contribute. He actually cut his tracks on his hands and knees. Is that... Little known fact. Is that true or is that? <laughs> oh, that's absolutely true. That is, that is not something I just made up. <laughs> you never know what you had to make Also, one note about the song. I like how it goes It goes from like very multi-layered, you know, it's got the atmospheric synth and then like three or four riffs on top of the drum machine and then it cuts and the verse it cuts right back down to like total minimalism. So it's sort of shows the range that he can create these soundscapes and then go right back down which is sort of like the fundamental yeah. you know, dance beat. For sure. And yeah, I think that's uh, that's what made him so accessible because he, when it comes down to it, Trent Reznor makes great fucking dance music. Yeah. You know? <sighs> so there's probably another 30 seconds of this boodle deep doopy doop. I tried to write a how much angst for this one but it just came out kind of stupid. 
There's no better way you could have prefaced that. <laughs> All I have is how much angst the amount displayed throughout the lyrics of this song. Womp womp. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I'll take it, but I mean, the game of how much angst I know. is to I know. explain how much angst this song is compared to. I know, that's why it's funny, because there's so much angst in this song that the only way you could describe it. I won't take it away from you. Oh my god. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> All right, so here's, uh, here's oh. Down Have you heard this song before? I've never heard this song before. Oh, oh my god, this is great. Oh, the song. Why was this the first single? <laughs> 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 We're back. We're back down in it. Oh, one thing that occurred to me is um, just now. Uh, <laughs> so he sings about rain, rain, go away, come again another day. It's a little nursery rhyme. Um, like, what's the itsy bitsy spider? Yeah. Is this like a. Is this. Is this like the story of the itsy bitsy spider? He was up above it, now he's down in it. Rain, rain, go away. Bitsy, bitsy, spider, one up the water spout. Down came the rain and watched the Reznor up. The Reznor up. Could be, man. This is definitely Trent Reznor's ode to the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Fuck. Good, true. I don't have anything else to say about this song. I exhausted everything I could have possibly. Oh, this might be a good time. I do have a little bit of actual fact. Okay. Um, so in 1994, way after this, yeah. years after this album was dropped, um, Gatorade decided like the beat of Down In It was perfect for a sports drink, so they they used this music without crediting him whatsoever. Oh my god! And Trent Reznor t- tried to sue and failed. Tried? How did he? Why did he fail? I don't know. I think they like they distorted it enough. That's another thing that happens a lot. Uh, is like people will sort of, especially when Trent was just like ladling out vocal performances to all these different groups. You know, mm-hmm. if they distorted it enough, they wouldn't have to credit him, you know? That's so, nonsense. So, so I think that's, what you, ha- that's how Gatorade... Also, fuck Gatorade! Also, who the fuck was Trent Reznor in 1994? Yeah, uh, like, uh, 1994? That's, that's when the Downward Spiral came out. Versus he was Gatorade. Blowing up, yeah, I Versus guess. Gatorade. You might as well be suing Coca-Cola, man. But he, already, he had already had success from Broken. I don't know. Anyway. Now I'm down in it. Is it in you? Wait, is that, is that what they did? Now it's in you, down. Now it's down in you. <laughs> now it's down in you. <laughs> you were also sweaty. You were also sweaty. Now get the electrolytes in you. This is bad. This yep, is stupid. This Can is we not, cut this? This is not all right. <laughs> all right, anyway. <laughs> Are we going to... Can we... We got, we got another minute and 20 to discuss down... How are you doing, Claire? I'm fine. How's your, how's your, how's your comedy going? My comedy? Um, well, I did an open mic on Monday. Terrific. Yeah, no, you were was there. It no, it was Wednesday. That was Wednesday. Jesus Christ. I'm doing great, as you can tell. <laughs> um, I mean, as a comic, it does help to know what day it is. Shut up. I had an open mic on Wednesday, and it was fine. We both did well. Yeah, it was at a wine bar. Yeah. Um, and there weren't too many uh, drunken old people. Yeah. That's It was Huntington Beach, no less, which is like... Uh, Drunk most, old people. The, yeah, the heart of Orange County. Yeah, lots of... Uh, Lots of gray hairs getting shitty online. Yeah. And, um, it was yeah, all right. I like, uh, I, you know, oh, we, sorry, I just yawned. We wow, played to okay. the crowd. Yeah. But then there was also like 70 comics who just took over. As just a bunch of boring white dudes yeah, everywhere. You know, a couple you know. non-boring, non-white dudes, but lots of boring white dudes. As... We, we recorded both of our sets, right? Yes. Cool. I so did. We, we have audio for that. If, yep. We should probably not associate that with the podcast, though, yeah? No, we shouldn't. People can look us up. You know, oh. you know how to find us. Um... So, 
We're also trying to figure out. So fans of the podcast. Oh yeah, we need a nickname for you yeah. guys. What do you? Um. What do we call you? But we're running out of time to talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so now we're coming up on a song that sucks a little bit less. Are you kidding me? I mean, it reminds me of the worst ex-boyfriend I've ever had, but other than that, this song is fine. Why does it remind you? Because he loves this fucking album. Oh. Oh. Yeah, fuck this album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love the bass, right? Yeah, it's so good. So that's that's why I asked about the production earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, is that a real bass? How many people are in this band? I mean, he recorded this album in various studios with various people around the world, so I'm sure that there were real instruments around. Around the world, yeah. With the people who I mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, Skinny Puppy is from Canada. No, he toured with them, but he recorded with the old men whose names I rattled off. I, I like I like the slapping <laughs> the slapping of the bass here, and also just how many different variations. Like, it, yeah, it's like and then blah and then blah and then blah. Like there's there's like he slaps the bass like six or seven different ways, and then at a certain point, if you focus, like you can just tune out the rest of the song and just hear the slaps. Yep. Another album that God is a big contributor to, like or album, another song, like sanctified. The whole idea is very gaudy. Also, um, his whole lyric, I'll come inside for her. Yeah. Again, he's playing with his sexuality, but in this song, it's like, it's kind of unclear if that's even what he means. Because, like, if he's saying, if she says, come inside, I'll come inside for her. Yeah. Like, that's really gross. Yeah. But it's Coming inside is not, I mean, you know, just be wise about who you come inside. Unless... He's talking about being a vampire because he needs her permission to come inside. Well, also sanctified. I thought that'd be funny. If it's like you're funny. finding sanctuary. You're coming into a church, right? Something like that. So <laughs> I think it's more of like the religious accepting it's... God into your body thing rather than it is. That, that's the thing. You sort of. You, that's why I think people were really. I think it's trying to take the whole God theme and sexualize it. I wonder if like. Oh shoot, I should call up. So like, I grew up in an area where there were a lot of Catholic schools, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of rebellious teen punks like me who were listening to shit like Nine Inch Nails. Uh-huh. I should, I should hit them up and see like if, if they were somehow able to, I don't know, if like the religious elements appealed to them more. You know. I mean, I grew up in a very unreligious family, and I right. think the religious elements appeal to me because it's just like, <laughs> fuck you, God. Fuck you, God. I never needed you. Or whatever. We don't have. We don't have license to any of this. No. It's never going to be a problem, though, because this is, like, educational, right? If you review a thing, you can play it. Oh, also, yeah, I feel like Trent, like, the the, the, um, the themes that he deals with and the way that he talks about religion and sex, um, like, that's that still reverberates into songs of today. Like, 30 years after this album, we got, Take me to church, as it comes through to your life. Uh, sharpen your yep, knife yeah, yeah, for yeah, your yeah. body and your touch my wiener. So that's um, <laughs> so that's so the like, remix version. So yeah. I feel like people are like still, you know, still stealing from this very rich well. Well, of I Reznor. I don't think it's just a Reznor thing though. I think yeah, it was yeah. very much the way. I mean, original sin. Yeah, like especially Western religions are so rife with sexual taboos that they naturally go together. It's two great tastes, you know? Yeah. I think that's the way a lot of music was around, like, the 80s and 90s. Alright, anyway. so we got another uh, minute. These are all extremely long songs. Yeah. 
Good what job. were we? What did we start to talk about before that song was over? Oh, we want to we want a nickname for you oh, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't have any ideas because I'm not that clever apparently. But if you so have it's ideas, it's called Trent Talk. Yeah. The name of our podcast. I'm your host. Oh, wait, Shai what Harry. is it called? Trent Talk. Okay. You're Claire Dickerson. I am I. Um. Well, anyway, if you have any idea what our podcast is called, then nope. use that name. And figure out a nickname for yourselves. And you can tweet it at us, um, at Trent Talk Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Claire has been killing it, Trent by Talk the way, Pod. establishing our online presence. Yeah, the, our entire online presence is me. You're welcome. Yeah, it's all her. <laughs> you can email us, TrentTalkPod at gmail.com. Um, and we also have TrentTalkPod.com. So, yeah, Trent Talk Pod. Killing it. Um, get in touch. Well, if you if there's funny ideas, we'll put it up at, to a vote, and then you guys can vote on which one you like the best, and it'll be really cool. And the more you follow us on social media, the more of these fun garbage we'll do. It'll be great. Um, yeah. Okay. The song. It's it's still going, of course. You got Just purified. Um, one one thing I want to mention is that like this. Like the voice of this song, like the, the narrator or whoever, it still kind of sounds like he's like a weirdly virginal teenager. You know, yeah. like this is his first time experience. Like a virgin, <laughs> nailed for the very first time. Oh, is this the one he says Christ upon the cross? Is that I song? don't. But oh, we missed the Gregorian chants. Oh, that was that was one of my favorite things. Yeah, we There's did. There's a bridge in the song where it's just. And now here comes one of uh, his earliest ballads that I feel like he has like written and rewritten and rewritten on every album. Right? I... Jesus Christ. Can we... Okay, we just need to quiet... Like, we need to shut up while you take in the insanity that is just like the first two lines of this song. This is not the Goosebumps theme. Wait, it's not? <laughs> Nor is it the theme from Mario 64, Dire Dire Dog. I don't know that one. I'm sure that somebody on there is just like. <laughs> just, let, just, let, just let this wash over you. Yep. Classically <laughs> trained pianist. Yes. I still recall the taste of your tears. Right, right off the top. <laughs> right off the top. Real weird. Echoing your voice just like the ringing in my ears. Still not sure what he's talking ringing, about. Like with the favorite dreams of you still wash ashore. So here's like a seafaring theme. Uh-huh. Scraping through my I do, well, yeah. He definitely, yeah. like, the, the actual music itself is really great. And he does, it's a great song, despite complete nonsense lyrics at times. Yeah, and it really builds. Yeah. You make this all go away. You make it all go away. I don't have any notes on this song except for that it's pretty despite having nonsense there. 
I think it's really spooky. Oh, it's spooky. <laughs> I'm starting to scare myself. Oh, shit. Also, it's got kind of a Wee Will Rock You stomp right here. He's starting to scare myself. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like an overture to the rest of his work, you know? Because mm. it's like he's creating this persona that kind of runs wild. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, speaking of personas, um, this was like, this is kind of his Ziggy Stardust phase, like pretty hate machine and then broken. He is like this, like, renegade bad boy, like mm-hmm. super intense hardcore dude covered in cornstarch, <laughs> you know, like. And yeah, it's this that image is sort of what a lot of people still think of when mm-hmm. they think of Trent Reznor, like mm-hmm. that persona. And he's gone through so many other different identities and, and, and haircuts. Um, muscle and, masses. And, and muscle masses. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this earliest Trent was definitely his Ziggy. Um, yeah. Whether that, yeah, whether that was like, I don't know, how did he, what, what, what were his like fashion influences at this time, I wonder. Uh, I think that the way he looked was the way a lot of industrial gothy kids look. Yeah. 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 I don't think it was very different from whatever KMFDM looked like. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like he looked around at what other people were doing and did it better. Yeah. That's that's the thing is like KMFDM, Skinny Puppy, like their music is a lot harder to listen to because it's like a lot of really gritty yeah. industrial, and then like the. He can, Trent can actually sing a little bit. Trent yeah. can sing. I mean, they all they all have a very important place in in the scene. Well, but so so Trent, I feel like he he brought this more to the mainstream because he has like a voice that, while it's not pure honey in your ears, it's right. a little bit more listenable. It's more than, approachable. Yeah, some people want that. Yeah, you know. You know. Also. His, his voice is a lot less distorted than a lot of other bands, so it's not like. How about if you like Skinny Puppy or KMFDM, write us in, write into us, and tell us why the fuck you like that. Give us your three, your three best tracks. <laughs> Give us your three best tracks. I mean, yeah. I listened to um, some Killing Joke earlier, their album from 1980. Really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, kind of repe- kind of repetitive, and the oh, vocals were smooth. So it was sort of hard to get into the the, the, the lyrics at all. Yeah. So Trent brought. Like some lyricism to the table and some actual singing chops, Whoa. which I feel like made a, a big difference. Yeah, no, totally. Totes. The song is... again. I think he keeps rewriting this song like every album. Like this is kind of yeah, kind of like it's almost hurt. It's yeah, almost, it'll almost, eventually be hurt. Together now, it's yeah. almost great below. It's like he kind of rewrites the song over and over and over. Yeah, like well, I would say this is more his fragile. Yeah, that this oh yeah, song. this is like the first threads of fragile. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. All right. Uh, let's. We got another minute here. <laughs> so our concept was we were going to go through the album in real time mm-hmm. and see if we have have at least five minutes and fifty seconds of commentary. Yeah. We kind of don't. Not for this song. You make it all go away. You just Please make it all thing. go away. Um, you just want something. Yeah. As we get further along, I'll have more to say. This just isn't my favorite album. As I've mentioned, there are a lot of songs that I like a lot on this album, but there are enough that I don't. Um, That's the thing. It's hit or miss. It has like all those really hard rockers, and then sort of just very like we have your down in it. That's kind of like genre defying white boy rap. Yeah. And here we have kind of I want to. 
Which I love the title. It's so cute. You like it? It reminds me of a high school boy. Uh, yeah, this is like scrawled into like a, a memo pad. Yeah. And I want to. And then, yeah, he's got some kind of trip hop. Or not trip hop. Some no. trippy atmosphere. So yeah, this it's got a, this song has a ton of really hard riffs. I like yeah. that. But overall, it just sort of seems like it's going in a million different directions. It's weird. It's messy. Yeah. It's all over the place. I like that about it. I don't like. The breakdown is easily the best part of the song. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's. Oh. Uh, Again, it's got, it's uh, got a ton of layers. It's got a ton of layers. Oh, also, there's lies in here. Listen for the lies. Not, not snap. Alright, I've got my drink ready for when the lies hit. I remember uh, lies. God, it's total video game stuff then. Yeah. It's fun. It's definitely juvenile. I feel like lies is just really easy to rhyme with. Where are you putting lies? There's lies in here. <laughs> I think you're lying. Am I the lie? <laughs> there it is! Nice! Take a drink. Finish the drink. Alright, I'm gonna leave Claire at the helm for a second. Gonna need a refill. Alright. Maybe God will cover up his eyes, so like now he cares about what God has to think. I know it's not the good thing. The kind I want to. There was a point when I called this song kind of, wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. No. Yeah. <laughs> How many lies? There's a lot of lies left. <laughs> But like it's the tequila to grapefruit ratio is that was a lot of tequila. We might be drunk by the end of this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, to be fair, this is like the fifth time we've listened to Pretty Hate Machine this week. Oh my god, I know. Yeah. How much angst is in this song? Oh, do you have one? Yeah. All right, let's hear. It. How much angst? The amount of angst from trying to make out in the backseat of a Buick Skylark. Nicely done. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Kinda I want to. There was, a, there was a point when I thought this song was called Kinda I'd Like To for some reason. <laughs> and the guy I was dating was like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> kinda I'd Like To. it sounds that wimpy. Kinda I'd Like To Kiss Young. I bet you there's lies in this next song. Because mm. that's a sin. Oh. No, actually, we still, have, we still have another minute 30 on this song. Okay, what do, what do you got? Do you got anything? Kind of, I want to. I, I mean, I, I'm down to my last, down to my last how much angst. But we do have some more exciting segments to bring in later. Yeah. Are you ready? No. Can we get? <laughs> can you do it right now? Are you ready? No. You can do it. I, can't. I believe in you. <laughs> so maybe you want to do it to the lyrics of sin. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good one. That would be a good one. All right, so weird. Okay. As as my encouragement, here's um, here's my how how much angst. The angst of this song is equivalent to a goth who found out they're allergic to white face paint. No. 
If you're a goth in Ohio, though, you don't need white face paint. Hey, <laughs> white people. Not tanning. Um, I'm really excited for this next song in 30 seconds. Oh, this this breakdown is pretty nice though. Oh, and here's yeah, here's a recurring thing I noticed is Trent Reznor on this album. He does not know how to end a song. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. uh, chaos and then over. Uh, uh, one more of those. Studio phase. At least. That was a better But you can hear it like into sync. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So. Mm, little piccolo peak. Yeah. Yeah. So that one actually had a nice little transition. Shots. 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 Put a little John in there. Shots. No. Shots. Shots. No. Shots. I hate it. Shots. Shots. I think this song should have been the first single. It was. There was another EP or remix album. Yeah. No, this this is a single, yeah. but it should have been the first one. Uh, Too many lies. So many lies. Your fist. Don't drink three times. Lies. 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 The extent of my sin. So, one thing I noted about this song is, like, between the drum machine and, like, the sort of like, this is almost the first draft of Closer. Yeah. Yeah, I think I Sin was the direct precursor to, to Closer. Yeah, I could see that. Also, it's got a little Mortal Kombat in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, is this a good time to maybe go into an impression? Oh my god, I'm not ready. <laughs> I think you can do it, baby. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. The fans expect it. Whatever oh, you fans, fans are called, whatever you, you expect are it. called, you expect my impression. Here we go. I don't do a lot of impressions, but this is one that I can do. But let me, I'm you talk for a moment about your sure. thoughts. I'm gonna look up lyrics so I can find the best lyric. Um. Yeah. Again, I sort of like how he has this really sassy like. Your need for me has been replaced. Yeah. And it's it's again. He sounds dangerously close to Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, stop saying <laughs> your kiss, your fist, and again he's sort of playing with these like really intense sexual themes like fist. Whoa, baby! Uh, <laughs> and, and, and the word fist is only to be taken in a sexual well, way. Well, it's about sin. It's like it's the, it's the, it's the, just give me a taste of your fist in my butt. You know, it's in there. It's in there. You got a human fist in your face. But again, that's that's also S and M. You're getting beat up. Like yeah. either you're getting beat up or you're getting fist fucked. You know, like what? Or maybe it's a fist raised in rebellion. You're crazy. All right, so I think we're ready for <laughs> this week's installment of impressions. So who do we got with us today, Claire? <laughs> I hate it. Okay. So the only impression that I can do is Shelly from South Park. You can do others. You can do others. <laughs> the only one who, I... Who is Shelly? Stan's sister. 
<laughs> Andy, what, what is she going to sing for us today? <laughs> Fuck. Just get ready. Just get ready. <laughs> well, turn down the music because it doesn't coincide with the lyrics. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> this, this is why you face the back of the room and you become your character. I know, but how do you become her? You can uh, do it. You, you are her. It's, she's inside of you. She grows. You can, yeah. That's a lie. That's a terrible lie. <clears throat> it comes down to this. <laughs> your kiss, your fish, and your strain, it gets under my skin. Stan! <laughs> Shut up, turd! <laughs> Within, taking the extent of my shin. That was amazing. I hate it. All right, let's move you did. on. You did. <laughs> let's move on. That's what we get. That's what I get. Ugh. Speaking of, uh, here's another one of these that, that has, is, has kind of a false intro. This song is the essence of why this entire album falls short. Yeah, it's <laughs> to it's, me. It's, it's got I like don't. this really nice intro build, and then Just that one drum beat. <clears throat> Signals when the song this starts. This is the wimpiest shit. song. He's bad. You took away all my self-confidence. I mean, despite my eternal hatred for this song, I know every word, obviously. Keep an eye out for the lies. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. You got something? No. Just this line. I guess I'm not the only boy for you. Looks and filled with people. That's what I get. Has he been taught how to kiss yet? No. Okay, sorry. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Oops. That's what I get. Here it is. Wait. How can you turn me into this? So what I thought was funny is like clearly he's writing this about some teenage heartbreak, mm-hmm. but like he's so young when he's recording this, he's like 19 or 20, right? When he when he's recording this album, I just thought it'd be really funny if he was recording this, um, if he was singing this to his dog, <laughs> and like and like someone a boy. and someone comes over and the dog is paying more attention to them and he gets jealous. So I think that's how much angst he's experiencing is when your dog plays more with your older brother who's visiting from college. I think the amount of angst he's experiencing is the amount of angst of a boy being denied the date he wanted to the 8th grade dance. Okay. (laughs) You thought it was funnier when you were drunk the other night. (laughs) Well, I think we should avoid spoiling these to each other. I know. Because we should write them for each other. (laughs) Well, I gave you the option of which song you wanted and you picked this one. I wasn't spoiling the other. No, this is good. I mean, because I knew we'd have a lot of time to fill, because this song is not awesome. <sighs> and again, yeah, it's got it's got that great opening riff, which is a total fake out. And then we get this weird, whiny ballad. And we get this. You're just, you're just sadly walking down the suburbs with your Walkman. Yeah. Nobody your gets, shitty little metal headphones. Nobody gets me. And this kind of reminds me of Souls in the System, which is... Which is that video game that I listen to as music. Um, I just want to say that I am impressed and 
um, I guess just impressed with how many people reached out to say, I also listen to video game soundtracks after the first episode. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's out there. That's yeah. A, that's a big chunk of the I didn't know. I had no idea. I mean, yeah, like nerds like me who weren't sure where to start with music, it's yeah. like, let's take this other thing that I already like and then just enjoy it on another level. And our co-host Oliver is quietly asleep on the other end of the couch. <laughs> I think he's learned to like Trent Reznor because he's, he's like, just passed he's out. He's dozing off to this. Yeah. He's like a little lullaby. He tried to stick his head in the empanada bag, and I stopped him. And like, what if just, like, what if your sister out. came and visited, and then Oliver was just ignoring you all night? Oh, that's how could you oh. turn me into, into this? this? After you just taught me how to kiss you. you. On your tiny fluffy head. On your fluffy butt. No, don't kiss there. Ew. Uh, don't, don't kiss gross, there. Don't ever kiss there. Not don't kiss far. there. No, we don't fuck animals. Even though you want to. Fuck like an animal. <laughs> Alright, here, anyway. here comes another hot cut. Oh, Ooh, I like this one. Machine. Oh yeah, this is, I like this one a lot too. And it has that dirty bass. Slapping back. So, talking about fucking the devil in the back of his car. Yeah, that's again. So that's another one thing I wanted to another mention. Another god trope, another yeah, sexual identity thing. Yeah, he's playing with his sexuality, and he's he's coming off like a sub in like all of these songs. Like you know, he's the one who's who's getting his heart broken and getting manipulated. He has no control; things are being taken away. But then also, the devil wants to fuck him in the back of his car, um, which is like it seems a little early for him to be like lamenting like his music industry stardom or whatever that is. Like mm -hmm. if he's if he's like trying to make a deal with a promoter and. It's like in so and so's so and so in the back of a so and so. I don't Which, think it's even that literal. I, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I think it just plays on the the whole the whole God theme. Yeah, I mean you got you got the you got the religion and the sexual taboos back to back. Yeah, back to front. Mm. Mm. But he also says the devil <laughs> wants to fuck me in the back of his car. Uh -huh. And again, so like Trent Reznor later becomes like sort of a super masculine dom guy in all of his songs. He turns into Meathead Trent eventually. Yep. His full evolution. His um, full evolution. His final form. Not his final form. <laughs> We've seen many Trents over the years. Um, but yeah, the devil wants to fuck me in the back of his car. It's this is the only time he really like directly plays with like sort of a you know bisexual theme. Yeah. You know? Like he's like devil me. Him. Uh. So yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> that was a little bane. A little bane. <laughs> Bonus impression. I love it. So we're almost, uh, almost. We got one more song. Mm -hmm. We have another. Oh wait, wait. Hang on. Is this? I like all the little one-liners he has in here. Yeah, breakdown. I think that's definitely a rewrite. Maybe I'm all messed up. I think. I think that was messed up. I think maybe I'm all messed up. I think was not the original verse. Messed up. Maybe I'm all fucked up. Oh. Yeah, I think that's a rewrite. Really? I mean, it's hard to say for sure. I think being all messed up, I mean, he's writing very juvenile lyrics throughout the whole album. I think, I think he only says fuck one time. 
Fuck me in the back of this car. Oh yeah, fuck me in the back of this car. Yeah. But then also something I can never have. He says, uh, one more fucking reminder, right? So there are two fucks on this album. He gives two fucks. Trent Reznor gives us two fucks. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he does his little motorcycle impression there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a really satisfying dance break. Yeah. I like, I like this a lot. Yeah. Then uh. uh. he does his power drill impression. Circular saw. I mean, that's the thing about industrial music. Like, a lot of the instrumentation is actually mimicking the mechanical tools. Oh, yeah? Is that, is that true? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, You're a dingus. And again, it's sort of a collection of little zingers he wrote. Yeah. Like he says, his moral standing is laying lying down. down. Lying down. Another lie. <laughs> oh, that does count. That, that counts. <laughs> lying down. And yeah. So yeah, again, it's a lot of this is uh, tropes that'll surface again and again. Yeah. Throughout his music. Yeah. Oh, man, we're almost done with Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, this was faster than we anticipated. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been going for a little almost over an, an hour. Almost an hour. Yeah. But yeah, we're blowing through this. We're using all of our notes. We got all of our impressions. Yeah. We'll do a little wrap-up with uh, a few more technical details, maybe a fun new segment somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do that. But we got Ring Finger coming up, and then we can... Yeah. Then we can... Uh, then we'll be free. Oh, I didn't mention... Um, oh, never mind, too late. Too, too late. late. I'll mention it later. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares anymore. We've moved on. So Ring Finger is like a total change of pace. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was definitely the first or last song he recorded because it sounds like nothing else on the album. And... It's totally out of place. Also, like, the theme is much more positive and lovey. Yeah, he's, he talks about, like, sort of emancipating himself, you know. So there is some Jesus talk within this bitch. Can't you see like latex covered asses just like well, you, you are just obsessed work. right now with the whole S and F thing. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Why? We, did, we, we didn't think it was gonna be me, did we? <laughs> we thought it was gonna be the one who was actually a uh, performer at one time. No. Okay. Not getting into that. We're not going. That is not something that's going on. Safe word. Nothing. He said nothing. Oh my god. My parents have not listened. But we've only done two episodes. I don't think they get podcasts. My mom listens to a ton of MPL. Those are podcasts. So, um. Oh, yeah, and then, like, this little. Someone's playing guitar next door. Yeah. Well, you just leave me nailed here, hanging like Jesus on this cross. I'm just dying for your sins. Again, he's got all these little, these little funny plays on words. I'm dying for your sins, like Christ. But yeah. also, I'm dying for your sins. Mm. Like, he really wants you to sin all over his face. 
I'm just gonna consistently take this too far. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. For some reason when I was listening to this last night, I couldn't take the feeling that there's sort of like a hard day's night element to this. Uh, it's like, girl, you got me working so hard lately. You know? It's in there. It's in there. I was gonna like bring in a riff, but I don't know the lyrics so it's fine because I don't want to do it. And I've been working like a dog. Alright, oh, can you believe this? Slayer yeah. doesn't like the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I think they're a bad band. They're obviously an amazing cornerstone band. They're important. They're the, uh, I, just, I never fucking yeah, want to hear them. They're, the, they're the cheese pizza of music. They are the cheese pizza of music. It's <laughs> like, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you have to eat an entire one by yourself, it sucks. And you're not, you don't have other pizza without the cheese pizza. You know, know, pepperoni didn't come around without cheese pizza. Mm -hmm. But goddamn, enough with the cheese pizza. Not even that, but it's cheese pizza cut into party squares. Oh, zing! My notes for this song doesn't make sense, so I can tell that I was drunk when I wrote them. Oh, um, v, v, not lame choice. Very not lame choice. So I think this song is very not lame. Quick note, we're not like alcoholics or anything. <laughs> we're recording this on a very special day. This is actually Dia de San Valentin. Yeah, it's or, Valentine's uh, Day. It's Valentine's Day. And yesterday we went out, had a nice little day on the beach. Yeah, we got had a little Had a nice little glass of wine. It was a good time. It was, it was good. Had a nice little glass of wine. By that he means a glass a nice bottle, of bottle of wine. <laughs> Yeah, so we were a little drunk when we listened to this last night yeah. to take our final notes. Yeah. And we like to have a little a little drink yeah. with us when we record to help ease the, uh, the, the performance jitters. Yeah, yeah, like you just experienced. Um, yeah, liquid courage never hurts, man. I mean, well, it does. So. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Mom, if you're listening. No, it doesn't matter. We're, we're in the safety of our own home. No one's driving anywhere. Yeah. Also, Trent Reznor needs to just cool it with the lies. You need to cool it with the lies. He's the one doing this. You need to cool it. Oliver got tired of sitting next to us and went over onto the ice cold floor. Oliver! Don't worry, there will be a photo of Oliver this week too. We'll keep you consistently updated with how cute Oliver is. He's a great cat. He is a great cat. Great co host. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have anything to do with you. Actual record track. But that doesn't show up anywhere else on the album. Yeah. Actual record track. Not a fake one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this sort of seems like it was, it was probably recorded way after everything else. And it had like a, a lot of new ideas, which is, yeah, we get a lot more guitar. Um, and then, yeah, the beat's totally different, the theme's totally different. This seems like almost an early cut of broken. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Broken is a lot heavier. Broken is heavier. Which I'm very much I cannot to. wait but, to listen uh, to Broken too many times. I love that. Thing. Yeah. It's a faster listen to it's like eight songs on it. No, there's some. No, there's like five. Yeah. Um, yeah, then that's it. That, that was Pretty, pretty Hate, hate machine, machine in its entirety for yeah, you. We with, did it. With us. Just jabbering over Just talking about nonsense for 48-ish minutes. Um, So if you want to 
take it down and go back to that remix we started at the top of the show. Right, yeah, I want to give credit. Uh, so our format is going to be something like, uh, it's up for debate, but we're yeah. going to play through all these songs and almost do like a director's commentary or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> Non-director's so commentary, so, just the commentary. So to kick off the show, um, I played a remix, which you'll be able to find on remix.nin.com. This is Head Like a Hole by Conscious Entity. I, um, I really enjoyed it. Very fun. You can find more of his music on remix.nin.com. Again, this is Conscious Entity. Okay. And yeah, we can just have that playing in the background. Yeah. Keep, keep, a little, keep a little fun vibe going. Because yeah, uh, we're uh, kind of ready uh, to wrap up almost. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. Impressions. <laughs> really bad Bill Clinton. Oh, okay. I can I can do a halfway decent build something situation. Maybe next time. Yeah. Get ready for that, guys. <laughs> and gals. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll read a few more excerpts from uh, Louder Than Hell. I mean, if this is 1994, then it should, oh, wait, it's until, it should wait until Donald's viral. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, here's a little something from uh, his buddy Richard Patrick. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Patrick. From Filter, yeah. Um, Trent and I were both in new wave alterna bands in Cleveland. His was the Exotic Birds, and mine was the Act. We kept tabs on each other and went to see shows like Skinny Puppy and Ministry. Then we ran into each other again at the Fantasy at a concert by Al Jorgensen's sideband, Revolting Cox. Trent goes, see that guy up there? Or, sorry, see that guy up there? <laughs> of course, Trent. But that's Al Jorgensen. He's my fucking idol. It really was Al Jorgensen's album, Twitch, and sound design from Skinny Puppy that were the building blocks for Nine Inch Nails. Trent liked Twitch because it was a little more pop-oriented and used traditional songwriting, so this is what I'm saying. But it was still weird and had rough edges and was jagged and scary. And here's a little something from Trent. If anyone asks me about influences, I always say ministry. I'm not embarrassed by that. But I also don't want Nine Inch Nails. Okay, I'm doing a really bad Trent. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, speaking of normal Yeah, voice. Trent talks like a normal guy, so I'll talk. If anyone asks me about influences, I was in ministry. I'm not embarrassed by that. I, but I also don't want Nine Inch Nails to be the ministry wannabe band. Al's been a hero of mine, but I have to admit, before I met him, I thought, is he going to fucking throw a bottle at me? So, yeah, he wanted to preserve the, the, the hard, dark core of industrial rock. But also sort of use pop sensibility, good songwriting, and uh, some singing chops, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's just a little bit more history and some name drops and whatever so that the super fans can be satisfied. Um, and this seems unnecessary, but Trent Reznor. What I was trying to say with my 1989 debut Pretty Hate Machine was that the world sucks and everything around me is a piece of shit and everything's depressing me. But I've still got myself. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, so I guess he went to Lollapalooza touring in support of Pretty Hate Machine, where he felt overwhelmed. Uh-huh. An underground band starts to get big, some of those initial supporters start to turn on you because now you're too big to be cool. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen to us, because I know we're blind. <laughs> Straight to the top. Started from the bottom now. Bless up. Bless up. What did Chuck Palahniuk have to say? Oh, uh, Chuck Palahniuk, author said he listened to Downward Spiral and Pretty Hate Machine constantly while he was writing Fight Club. Mm-hmm. There's cuts on it that he would put on repeat to the point that his housemates were just insane. <laughs> Hurt was one of the big ones. The lyric, I hurt myself today, is the advice I feel. Might uh-huh. as well be one of the novel's mantra. Yeah, a... that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A little, little Chuck shout out, Fight Club. Anyway. Um, oh, here's, here's, a fan, here's a little fan segment. Um, so somebody wrote in to us and said... Uh, 
So I had heard of this before, and there was, if, if you Google it, it'll come up immediately. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a Black Sabbath cover album um, by, who was it? Oh a yeah, it's a ministry side project called A Thousand Homo DJs, which I think came out in like 88 or, or, or in that neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah, they recorded a ton of Black Sabbath covers, and they used a Trent Reznor vocal track but it was after it was like a, they, it had been in production for a few years and things got kind of confused or whatever. So I think Trent no longer wanted anything to do with it. Well, his if you read the whole thing. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is coming from our uh, Mitchell Manley. Mitchell shout Manley. out Mitchell Manley. Mm. Big Manley with a gun. Big Manley. Yep. Shoot, yeah. shoot, shoot. He's mm. gonna come all over us. It's a little uh, old foreshadowing there. So uh, yeah, his involvement in. So, TVT Records wouldn't allow them to release it with trans vocals. There you go. Ostensibly, the vocals were then replaced by another of the band members, and the song was released. But it's got a very striking resemblance to Trent Reznor, and some people insist that instead of replacing them, they ran Reznor's vocals through a ton of distortion and phasing to mask it. Yeah. Interesting. Which, I mean, that pretty much passes muster for copyright law, and uh, I don't think the song really suffered, or nor did Trent, because, I mean, we've all heard of Trent Reznor. A thousand homo DJs. Come on. So here's a little bit of that super nod. It's got that classic Sabbath riff. And then someone who sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> so, um, that's been our show. We do have one little more segment. Uh, uh, maybe I'd like to see for you. So, Trent Reznor is one of a kind would you say yeah like his his career and his legacy are uh, so fundamental to an entire genre of music you know he's, he's, he's really an innovator in the, the world of electronic music oh here's Trent maybe Trent maybe here's, here's yeah it's a, I think it Here's sounds Trent. enough like him. Like I mean, it could or could have. I feel like yeah. that could be the voice of another person. It does sound a lot like Trent. If they didn't go with a distorted Trent, they went with something, right. someone who sounded close. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they were they were going for that sound, no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, so, I felt that it would be interesting to sort of put Trent side by side with another musician whose life had some uncanny similarities Oh, I wonder um, who that musician could have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me just give you a little intro. So this musician is uh, also a pioneer in electronic music, was born the same year as Trent Reznor, and like Trent Reznor, had German and Irish ancestry, had working-class parents who separated at an early age, and then this musician lived with her... Oh, fuck. <laughs> lived you... with its mother <laughs> in, in a commune. A L- little bit different. <laughs> But uh, this musician studied classical piano and jazz, played with a number of smaller electronic experimental bands before finally breaking through in 8990. Um, and uh, who could it be? Who is this musician who used heavily distorted guitar and bass riffs, repetitive drums, a lot of focus on vocals and pop sensibilities, but is still very weird? Who could it be? Who, who could, it, could be? it have been? So, I'd like to introduce our new segment. Compared to Bjork. That's right. We're going to 
just do a side by side analysis of Trent Reznor's career with that of Bjork Jorgen Fergusen. <laughs> Bjork. Also known Bjork. as Bjork. Bjork. I don't know how she. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> like I thought that if there was like a count, like a yin to Trent Reznor's yang or whichever. Yeah. Um, whichever. It would. It would got. It had to be Bjork. You know, like she sort of rose from obscurity with all these like weird ideas, but also pop was like pop digestible, mm-hmm. and then has like mm-hmm. has been so influential on an entire genre of music. Like builds a lot of her own just you know synthesizers and instruments, mm-hmm. um, and then also dabbles so much in film and soundtracks, acting. Which mm-hmm. Trent has uh, mercifully not gotten into. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think Trent would uh, would do okay? I have no idea. Like, like I've never if... really seen. I. I mean, I've seen like some interview things, but I've I've never seen like his off stage persona enough to know if he would be okay at acting. He always seems kind of like that's. Whenever I see him in interviews, I always sympathize so much because like. He seems like just a regular nerdy dude. Mm-hmm. He's like maybe a little uncomfortable in his own skin, you know. Just like very kind of a mild, approachable guy. Very just quiet, like very Elliot Smith. And by contrast, Bjork is uh, very much a weirdo, mm-hmm. and, but is like has I feel like more confidence even early on. Mm-hmm. She like embraces all of the, just the, the, her strange way of talking and mm-hmm. just like all the all the weird. Just shit being from she Iceland, she yeah. embraced it. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> And again, she she um, toured with a band called Sugar Cubes, which is maybe, you know, her equivalent exotic birds. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, they actually had, uh, since they're from Iceland, they did a North American tour, which was a big deal. Uh-huh. And um, in, in 89, I believe, played at a show where David Bowie was present. Woo-hoo. And th- they actually snapped a little picture together. Yeah, and Bowie. so sweet. It's really adorable. We'll put it on the blog. Yeah, it's really adorable. So um, this has been compared to Bjork. We will say, though, that... There will be more compared to Bjork and that. As, as both yeah, of their so careers evolve. In, in the earliest stages, it sort of seems like they were headed on the same path. And I feel like at a certain point, they could have even overlapped or like maybe even formed some incredible star couple, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, but um, it mm-hmm. never happened. Never Honestly, happened. Honestly, maybe where, where does that point? Yeah. You know? All right. Because uh, I ship that. Yeah, I ship that. Um, so that's about all we got for this week. Yeah. One, uh, one last thing. Trent Reznor, in support of Pretty Hate Machine, did an interview on MTV right around Christmas time. And uh, here he is with his, his long Reznorian hair. You grab this thing? Trimming a tree right. with some fucking so, Ryan Seacrest host. Joke of the decade. About to give us the joke of the decade. How does Trent Reznor's mother hang up his Christmas stocking? Answer, with a nine-inch nail. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's there's a few different speculations, and this is the dumbest thing. But like, why do they call the band Nine Inch Nails? Like, I don't know. Probably of, because he had a big. It's kind of no, sexy, kidding. and yeah, it's kind of yeah. sexy and foul. Who knows? Yeah. But also, Jesus was crucified with Nine Inch Nails, which is oh, historically inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, because well, they, he was he, you weren't crucified with nails; you're crucified with rope. Because like, what kind of fucking moron? Like, why would you drive a nail through some? Like, if they wanted to get off the cross, all they would have to do is just, like, saw at their flesh through with the nail until it gave way, right? You know? I mean, I think about these things. I <laughs> do not think about these things. All right, so here's Trent with... He's so cute. <laughs> so, Trent, thanks so for coming by this beautiful, snowy Christmas morning. Now, you have a single called Down In It on your first album, City Hate Machine. Do you 
have any plans to make another single? Uh, actually, at the moment, okay. we're working on a new single. What the f- what? <laughs> So, what the fuck? So, this, this MTV host- You have plans host, to make another yeah, single. This MTV host, he opens with, like, a really dumb joke that, like, Trent Reznor is like, He's already uncomfortable because they just put a popcorn strand on a tree just for a little visual, you know, a little, little yeah. lead in. And then he asks, like, so do you feel like making music ever again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? With some Keeps blood. Me. We're going to do momentarily. Blood, he's what? With when Knights Arrive? Knights Arrive, Wolfgang Press, um, Book of Love, actually. Yeah. What single is that going to be? That'll be Head Like a Hole. It should be That's out right. probably end of January ish. Where are you recording that? That will be done. Let's come into the States. We're going to uh, do it here in New York. Yeah. And how about a video? Should have a video approximately the same time done. Working out. Do you have any tour plans? Yeah, we're going to be going out. Um, there's a couple things we're debating on right now, but I think towards the end of January, we're going to go on a full tour of the States. Woo! You going out with someone else, or would it be headline? Perhaps, or headline. We're debating on that right now. Okay, well, we definitely look forward to that tour. And right sure. now, here's your first video. This is Nine Inch Nails with Down In It. And afterward came the music video that I think neither of us had still watched. No? We have not. No, lies. Lies, lies, lies. Wait, lies, lies, lies. I haven't seen the music video for... I've seen Sin, obviously. I haven't seen one for Head Like a Hole. So this has been, uh, this has been uh, Trent's first album. Ruthlessly analyzed yeah. and reviewed by yeah. a couple of nerds in Long Beach, California. Yeah. Um, find us on the internet. Please, yeah, give them all that. TrentTalkPod.com, at TrentTalkPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash TrentTalkPod. Are you noticing a trend? TrentTalkPod at gmail.com. Um, get at us. Message us if you have any stories, if you have any crazy insights, if you have whatever. We want to hear about it and from Please, you. yeah, get in touch. I really, really enjoyed the response we got last time. We got, yeah, it's crazy. We got more listens than I thought we had any reason to get. So, so many listens. It's insane. So thank you. That's amazing. We're going to try to keep it going with uh, goofy segments, but also like some research so that mm-hmm. there's something for everybody, you know, yeah. whether you're tuning in for the comedy stylings of Claire and Shia or you know, actual Nine Inch Nails obsession. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you want to find out more about us, I have a couple links on our website. Do you? TrentTalkPod.com. Terrific. Yeah. So, fucking yeah. Fucking yeah. Nine Inch Nailed It. Nine See Inch you guys Nailed next It. Week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.